God. If you'd have came into the church, praise God, in the 70s, um, and I, this has been a long time, it's been about that long since I've sang it, you would hear songs like this. I got a text this morning that had, had reference to the rapture and the soon coming of the Lord and that type of thing, and it's just something about that, praise God, that stirs us up. And so the joy of the Lord, I'm hoping, will come over you because of a song like this, praise God. Now men often dream of faraway lands with strange sounding names. Oh, but it seems each time that I dream it's much the same. Oh, I spend my days in much the same way. I wait for the sound. Then my hand shall be raised in one shout of praise, headed for higher ground. Oh, what's that I hear? Sing it, sing. It's the sound of a trumpet. Oh, I feel the touch of oh, of a much better place. And if I am dreaming, oh, please don't wake me, because soon the eastern skies will part, and I'll see his face. Sing it with me. Oh, what's that I hear? It's the sound of a trumpet. Oh, I feel the touch of, I do, of a much better place. And if I am dreaming, oh, please don't wake me, because soon the eastern skies will part, and I'll see his face. Oh, do you believe it? Hallelujah. Now this world has lost all of its charm. It's no place for me. There's a bright shining throne in my new home that I long to see. Oh, yes, there's a place that I've never been. I've never been before. A white pearly gate and a father who waits standing right by the door. Hallelujah! Oh, what's that I hear? It's a sound of a trumpet. Oh, I feel the touch of, of a much better place. And if I am dreaming, oh, please don't wake me. Because soon the eastern skies will part and I'll see his face. Oh, do you believe he's coming soon? So do I. Amen. Amen. Now listen to this. This world has lost all of its charm. It's no place for me. 
Oh, there's a bright light shining throne in my new home that I long to see. Oh, yes, there's a place that I've never been, never been before. A white pearly gate and a father who waits standing right by the door. Oh, what's that I hear? Oh, it's the sound of a trumpet. Oh, I feel the touch of of a much better place. And if I am dreaming, oh, please don't wake me, because soon the eastern skies will part and I'll see his face. Oh, what's that I hear? It's a sound of a trumpet. Oh, I feel the touch of, of a much better place. And if I am dreaming, oh, please don't wake me. Because soon the eastern skies will part and I'll see his face. Come on, do you believe that? Hallelujah. Come on, then sing this with me in Jesus' name, amen. Because won't we have a time when we get over yonder? Won't we have a time when we get over yonder? No, won't we have a time when we get over yonder? Oh, won't we have a time? Come on, sing it again. Won't we have a time? When we get over yonder, oh, won't we have a time? When we get over yonder, won't we have a time? Yes! Oh, 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 come on, we'll sing and shout and dance about. We'll sing and shout and dance about. When we get over yonder, sing and shout and dance about. When we get over yonder, we'll sing and shout and dance about. When we get over yonder, oh, oh. you know what the best part is? Jesus will be there. Jesus will be there. When we get over yonder, Jesus will be there. When we get over yonder, Jesus will be there. He will. We get over yonder. Oh, when we have a time. Come on, Jesus will be there. Jesus will be there. When we get over yonder, Jesus will be there. When we get over yonder, Jesus will be there. When we get over yonder, oh, won't we have a time? One more time, won't we have a time? Won't we have a time? When we get over yonder, oh, won't we have a time? When we get over yonder, won't we have a time? When we get over yonder, oh, come on, oh, lift your voice and give it to the Lord today for the joy of the Lord is the hope of his coming. Hallelujah. Oh. 
Jesus. Come on, grab somebody by the hand and lift it up and say, I'm going. I'm not going to miss it. Oh, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, praise God, praise God. While you're standing, let me read this to you just to put it in perspective, okay? Because, again, I, I felt the joy of the Lord wanting to show up in here. And truly, the joy that you and I have is the hope of His coming, praise God. We can't predict it. We can't hurry it up. We can't tell God what to do in that perspective. But, boy, we can take some time periodically and just... Praise the Lord, give Him glory, and, and remember, praise God, that this is going to be worth it in Jesus' name. The Scripture says in Romans chapter 8, listen to this. Verse number 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Yeah. We become the sons of God in this world. That's what's happening. That's why all of the stuff that's going on in your life, the, the shaking and the, and the convictions and all of the things that God is doing, that you and I are becoming the sons of God. That's what it is. Now, we're not God, but we're, we're becoming the sons of God. And the scripture says, For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption. Do you feel that this morning? God has literally adopted you and I. We talked last week about being engrafted in. That's what he's done, praise God. And so whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And the, spirit, or the scripture says in verse 16 that the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit. That's how we connect, praise God, that we are the children of God. That's why the joy of the Lord has to become our strength from time to time. You know, we have to let him have his way in that regard in Jesus' name. And so the scripture finally says there, it says, And if children then heirs, heirs of God, and join heirs with Christ. It says, If so be that we suffer with him. Now that's the part we don't like. And it says that we may be glorified together. If you study the chronological aspect of the man Christ Jesus, you're going to find, praise God, that he wasn't glorified until after he suffered. That's why he told that lady at the, at the, um, at the tomb that day, don't touch me, I have not, I'm not ascended up yet, I haven't been glorified yet. And so that was happening. Jesus, as a man, had that happen to him. And so you and I are following in his wake. That's what's happening. But here's what I want somebody to really get a hold of in your spirit right now. Is the scripture says in verse 18, For I reckon, praise God, or I calculate, or I've, I've computed, I've come to that conclusion that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. From time to time, you and I have to catch that fresh revelation. That, praise God, everything we do down here is going to be worth it for the Lord. That's what it is. And sometimes that's the ladder that we use to climb out of the thing that we're in, praise God. That we know that God has promised us these things. We know that His Word is, um, is, is true, and He wasn't going to say anything that He doesn't mean, praise God. And so the soon coming of the Lord is tremendous, and um, it's coming. I, I sense it this morning. I did, as the Lord, we, uh, my sister. 
Pastor Carnahan and I sang this around the house the other day because we couldn't remember how it went, you know. And all of a sudden, you know, she got the words for me. So yesterday I came in here and I said, well, if I don't hack it too much, I'll play it for him. And so this morning I said, well, even if I do hack it, God get the glory in Jesus' name. And so that's why I sang it. These are the kind of stuff, this is the kind of stuff that kept us coming back to church. This is the kind of stuff that, 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 that got us out of the, out of the dole and, and, and boy, I don't know if I should be doing this or if this is the right place. These are the kind of songs that we would sing to ourselves and we would have a good time and that's why the Bible says to do that. You know, you can even take some psalms and you can begin to sing them in your home and it will lift you up. It has, a, has that kind of power, praise God, because with the songs of God, this is something I recognized when I came into a church like this, is that there's nothing like the anointing of the Lord. You know, and I, in the world, I play with a lot of good musicians, and, and I don't even like to go back there, but I, I remember that from time to time. People who were absolutely talented, I mean, extremely talented. And so when I came into the church, from a carnal standpoint, that's what I was looking for. I was looking for that same talent to be in the church. And you know something? It wasn't. It was not. I'm not saying they weren't as good. I'm just saying that's talent is not what God looks for. The anointing is what God wants to do in our lives. And that's why the singing that the apostolics do had something to it that I never got in the world. And I found out later it was anointing. It had the ability to help us in Jesus' name. And so why don't you do this? Just lift up your hands right now and ask the Lord to give you a fresh vision of his second coming. Come on, we, we have to believe in that. That's our hope. This world is not our home. We're just passing through, as the song says. Come on, you and I don't have to have any confidence in this. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord God. Praise you, Jesus. Glory be to your word, Lord God, in your name, in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord God. I praise you, Jesus, giving you the honor and the glory in Jesus' name, Lord. Hallelujah, what a privilege, God, to be in your presence. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. What a privilege to be in your presence. In Jesus' name, before you're seated, listen to the word again. It says, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly. Everybody say in this present world. Yeah, then it says, looking for. In verse 13, that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Every generation has anticipated the coming of the Lord. That's a hope that God puts in every generation. A hundred years ago, there were people that were convinced that Jesus was coming back. During World War, uh, the beginning of World War II, there were apostolic preachers that absolutely were died in the wool that Hitler was the Antichrist. Now again, I'm not against predicting or, or getting excited about certain things, but the bottom line is he's going to come back when he's ready. He's going to come back for a church that is anticipating his coming, praise God. And this helps us to shake the things of the world off, praise God, because I'm going to tell you something, there's nothing worse worth missing, praise God, the second coming of the Lord in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. The Lord bless you this morning. I hope this has helped somebody here. Praise God. Sometimes we get the building and battling and we forget, praise God, we got a lot of stuff to look forward to. You and I have a glorious future. Can you say amen? amen. Mm, praise God. 
If the Lord continues in his track, which he's done the last four or five weeks with me, he gives me two messages on Saturday night, or actually on Friday he starts it, and I sometimes have a hard time wondering which one should go first. Praise God, and, and a lot of times it won't be until I get right here that he'll say, okay, this is the one I want you to do now, and then we'll, we'll have that one later. And so today was, was, was no exception in Jesus' name. You know, we're living in a, in, a, in a culture, and I thank God for that, that sets aside a day a year for Thanksgiving. And Thanksgiving is a, is a beautiful holiday. The principle of it is just absolutely um, phenomenal as far as I'm concerned. Because I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but in the, in, the, in the Bible, you know, the, one of the signs, you know, that people are falling away from God is the sign of unthankfulness. Praise God. Let me show you what I'm talking about here. Look at Romans chapter number, I believe it's chapter number one, and let me show you what I'm talking about here. You know, the scripture says um, in, in uh, verse number 18, verse number, or chapter number one and 18 of Romans, it says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. It says, why? Because that which is known, may be known of God is manifest in them. What does that mean? That means God is showing them him. He's doing that all the time, folks. Every time you go outside and you look up into the sky, that should remind you that there is a God. Right that alone, you know. Sun going down at night, you know, the moon coming up. The other night, that crescent moon, that was beautiful, you know. That should always remind us of God. God put that in creation so we wouldn't forget. You wouldn't have to have a Bible to understand there's a God. Amen. And so the scripture says the invisible things in verse 20 are of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Do you see that? And it goes on to say, having being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. That's really the bottom line of the generation you and I live in. Nobody will have an excuse. Oh God, I didn't see you. Oh God, I didn't know you. That's, it's, it's impossible unless you really, really try. You have to try to miss God. And I'm not saying that people don't do that, but I'm just saying, my goodness, you know, even a, a drunken Iowan like me, praise God, going up and staggering up a, 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 um, a driveway one night, about one o'clock in the morning, I, I couldn't even hardly stand up. And by the time I got to the top of that driveway, praise God, I was as sober as a church mouse. I don't even know what that is. All I know is that I, I wasn't staggering. And I looked up in the sky and for the first time, praise God, I said, man, you are here. You are around. I had no idea who he was. I went to churches where all they told me is if I was bad, I was going to hell. And finally, after about three or four years of that, I just thought, well, what's the use? Might as well be real bad because that's where I'm going. Now, I'm not blaming them. I'm just telling you that's the world's impression of this. But man, in a moment when God sobered me up and I looked in that sky, I thought, man, there is a God. There is somebody. I need to get to know him, praise God. And that's what began my quest, praise God. And about a year and a half later, I ended up in one of these churches. And God filled me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He helped me to get rid of all my sins through Jesus' name, baptism. He's helped me to repent, praise God, on a regular basis. I'm telling you something, folks. God has been good to me me and he's been good to you too you don't have to have some flashy story all you got to do is recognize what God is doing the invisible things are clearly seen why because God makes sure they are and then the scripture says because that when they knew God not if when they knew God they glorified him not as God neither were thankful
pull. There it is, my friend. That's the bottom line, you know. And we even in the apostolic church sometimes can get a hold of that disease. Pretty soon, you know, it doesn't matter what God does. It's never enough. I'm not comfortable enough. I'm not, I don't have enough things going in my life, that type of thing. You've heard me say this before, the three Ps. Anybody know what they are? We want a pain-free, pressure-free, and a problem-free world. That's what you and I want. And man, when God doesn't do it, which he doesn't, we get all upset at him. And what happens is, is we aren't thankful for the things that he does do. I'm going to tell you something, folks. One of the things I am convinced that eternity is going to show us is the things that God has kept us from. I mean to tell you, just by living for him, by coming to church, by, by quitting some of that stupid stuff that we used to do that we knew was ridiculous, praise God. God has saved us from a bunch of junk in our life, and I'm going to tell you something. He's given us a place to come. He's given us people that will preach to us. He's given us people who will sing with us. I'm telling you something, folks. God has given us a full menu in the name of Jesus. Can somebody lift their hands and give God praise? Oh, hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. I, I'm telling you, folks, it's just all over the place. You have to really try hard to miss God. And boy, we're living in a world that that's exactly what they do. My goodness, God, God could raise the dead right in front of their front yard, praise God, and they'd start making excuses to who it was and wasn't God. I mean, they did that while Jesus was here. Here he is going around and healing all these people, people getting healed, getting raised from the dead. I mean, storms, storms are getting calmed and all that kind of business. And all of a sudden, they couldn't argue with that. And they said, well, he's just doing it because of the devil. Boy, talk about ridiculous. We human beings are ridiculous. And I'm going to tell you something. God can deliver us from that. Can you say amen? We got to get delivered from ridiculous. Come on, God is just, he is showing everybody in this world how much he cares for them, praise God. There was a debate on one of the uh, apostolic places that I go to, and one of the people brought up, they brought up the fact that um, they asked a question. This was somebody who wasn't in the church. Oh, does God, God, does God love everybody? And of course, our standard answer is, yeah, yeah, God loves everybody. And this guy, man, brought up a couple of scriptures that stipulate in the scripture that he doesn't like this. And we make the wrong assumption there. God makes his love available to everybody. But he doesn't force you to, to receive it. He doesn't. If you don't want God's love, praise God, you know, you're, you're going to have to stumble over him for as long as you live in this life. But when you go, praise God, it's all done. Now, that's not a threat, folks. That is a, that's how it works. That all through life, God has made his love available to us. And we can choose whether and how much of it we want. And then the scripture says it's mainlined into us apostolics that believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost because the fifth chapter of the book of Romans says that he sheds his love upon us through the Holy Ghost. That's coming, praise God. That happens every day in Jesus' name. But in 2 Timothy chapter number 3, which is a chapter that has to do with end times, Paul said, know this, that in the last days, in verse number 1, 3 and 1, it says perilous times shall come. Yeah, we're there. I mean, to tell you folks, there's things, if you told me that I was going to get close to my 70th birthday, you know, when I first came into this thing, I'd have said, you're crazy. I said, this world will explode before that. But my goodness, here's, you know, going on 20, you know, 40 some odd years later, praise God, and he, and he hasn't come. 
And so the world is getting perilous. That's what the scripture says. But look at this. The byproduct of that is verse number two. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. There's one of our biggest problems. And then it says covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. And what's that other word there? There it is. And he's talking to the church there, folks. That stuff's been in the world for eons. He's talking about people who have experienced salvation. People who know what it's like to be filled with the Holy Ghost. People that know what it's like to be lightened, praise God, because God took every one of their sins away in Jesus' name. Now, why would you turn from, from an almighty, powerful God like that? Amen. It's because you and I, we live in a ridiculous world. That's what the deal is. And I'm not here to, you know, to carve them up and that type of thing. This is Thanksgiving. I want to be thankful. I don't want to get caught up with that stupid disease that God has to perform to me, you know, 24-7, praise God. And if he doesn't do this, man, I'm going to get mad at him and pout. And he better come over here and pat me on the back and tell me everything's okay. Listen to me, folks. That's not the kind of God that I serve. I serve a God, praise God, that saves us. I serve a God that puts us on a place, praise God, where we can be productive. He changes our hearts. He changes our minds. I'm telling you something. This is what God does. Can somebody stand up and say, hey, come on, come on. I'm telling you right now. It's in this place right now. God wants to stir everybody. Praise God. He has been so good to us. Amen. And, and you and I, we miss it sometimes. You know, man, the only one of the biggest reasons I look at the world is, is just to see what God has saved me from. Amen. And all the good things that he's brought into my life. And so you must understand this unthankfulness. It's been around for a long time. And you need to begin to recognize that in your life. Because it's very easy to become unthankful. Amen. And that's why I believe in things like contentment. I believe in, until I told the Lord this morning again, and I did this purposely, I just said in one of my prayers, I said, God, you have given me enough. You don't need to give me any more. Now, that doesn't mean he isn't going to. I just want him to know, praise God, that he has done so much for me, praise God. I want him to know that periodically because I want to get out of this, this idea that, praise God, God, you've got to do it greater to me than you've ever done it before. No, he does not. He's already saved me. He's already shed his blood so that I would have a way to heaven. Come on, somebody needs to get out of that, that stupid stupor in the name of Jesus, and you need to get that. You need to swift kick. That, that depression out the door in the name of Jesus because that's what it's bringing. That's what it's bringing, praise God. Unthankfulness is what does that. It's not the only thing, but it's one of the things that does it. And that's why you and I periodically got to literally go to the front door of your house and say, you're out of here in the name of Jesus. Walk into the kitchen and say, you're out of here in the name of Jesus. I don't care what the neighbors think, praise God. It'll do you some good. Praise God, not to get caught up with all that junk in the world that says, man, it's got to be bigger and badder and whatever the case is. And so God has given us examples, praise God, in the scriptures. Let me give you a couple of them in Jesus' name. Turn to the book of uh, Luke chapter number 13, or 17. Luke chapter 17, and, and I, you know, there's lots of places in the scripture we could go here this morning, but hopefully with the help of the Lord, God will identify some areas of our life. Amen. And help us to understand that he's already done this stuff. 
But if you want to put the coat back on, if you want to put the coveralls back on, if you want to put the stuff of the world back on, you can do that. And that's what happens. God, years ago, I was really struggling with this in my ministry. God, are you doing this? And he said, listen, he said, you better start believing that I am. And, you know, God just told me that. I said, well, I better, you know. And so I went to work on that one. And God helped me to understand that if I would preach his word, preach his word. Listen, folks, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to try to be. Some of this armchair stuff that's going on out there, I'm getting real worried with that. Amen. I am an apostolic preacher. The only thing I can do is preach his word, praise God, and see how you react to it. That's what I do. And it's not like I'm, I'm henpicking you or anything like that. I'm just saying that's the only way I've been taught. Is that people, praise God, that are, going to get, that are going to get saved are going to get saved the same way that you and I did. You know how that is? They're going to receive with meekness the engrafted word that's able to save their souls. They're going to incorporate meekness or humility into their life when they're reading, studying, hearing the word of God. But I know how it works, praise God. You guys ought to stand up here for about 30 seconds. And look at some of the eyes that are coming up my way. And I'm not afraid of you, by the way. That's not what I'm saying here. But I'm saying I've learned to resist that kind of stuff. I'm going to preach it. I don't care if you snarl, or snarl at me or nothing. I'm going to preach his word because his word works in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you something. It heals. It delivers. It does it. Praise God. God is powerful. You don't have to ask him a hundred times. All you got to do is believe in faith when you ask him the first time. That's what you got to do, praise God, because he's an answer. He confirms his word with signs following. Yeah, but a lot of this other stuff gets in the way, and that's why we have a problem, praise God. The Bible says in chapter 17 of Luke, and the Bible says in verse 11 there, it says, it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem, he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. We talked about that Wednesday night, you know, going to, going to Samaritan, Samaria. And he purposely went there because there was a hungry soul. And that soul was open, praise God, and I thank God for that. But the Bible says, um, uh, this trip, it says, and as he entered into the certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers. And this isn't one of those things that we don't understand anymore because it's not around us. Most of it has been eradicated from our country. We really don't know much about leprosy. But leprosy was horrible. It would maim people. It came with a stigma above stigmas, praise God. People couldn't even be in, in society without telling people that they were around and they were lepers. You talk about a poor self-esteem, a leper had it. Leper, leprosy. I mean, when they came into a public area, they had to holler that. They had to tell everybody that they were there and they were a leper, as if they didn't even know that. And so it was a horrible thing. And so I believe, and I believe God, that Jesus healed a lot of different diseases. Don't misunderstand me. But one of the reasons I believe this one was picked out to be highlighted was the fact of how horrible it was. Amen. You remember Naaman in the Old Testament? He was a leper. He was able to function in society, but he was a leper. And nothing he could do, nothing that doctors could bring to the table could cure him. And that's the bad thing about leprosy. It was incurable, you know, at this point in time. And so the Bible says, here are these ten lepers which stood afar off. They respected Jesus. They didn't even want to come close. And the Bible says they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. They didn't even ask him to heal them. They just said to have mercy on us. And I've learned that mercy is a good prerequisite. It really is. 
You know, mercy helps us to swallow the pill of the dumb things that we've done. Because mercy is what God gives us, what we don't deserve. And I thank God for that. Anybody besides me been stupid this week? Yeah, I'm not advocating it. I'm telling, boy, make sure you double that next week, okay? No, that's not what I'm saying, but I'm just saying we have been. You know, that's one of those things that we just can't seem to get totally beyond, can we? Even though we try. And so we need the mercy of God. That God have mercy on me, praise God. And so the scripture says in verse 14, And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves to the priest. This is so, so textbook Jesus. Doesn't even deal with the, you know, what we think the answer should be. He just gives us something to do. And that's what they did. I like that. There's many of you, that's exactly how God has been dealing with you. You're asking God to heal you and get you a deeper walk with God. And all he's telling you to do is come back to that mouthy little preaching church. That's what he's telling you. He said, why don't you come to Saturday night prayer? Why don't you get involved in the prayer room back? I know that's what he's telling you. Praise God. He's giving you something to do. Because faith without is dead. You must understand that. I don't care what, you know, what dispensation you're in, praise God. God has always responded to faith. He will do that. And not just any faith, but faith in his word. And that's why some of you are having a hard time with this holiness pill. And you're wondering, man, why do we got to dress like that? Why do we got to do this? Why do we got to do that? And I know, because we, we went through the same thing. They had that same problem in the 70s, folks. You know? But we learned that if we would be obedient to God, if we represent Him the best that we could in this world, praise God, that didn't make us better than anybody, but it made us stood out. It helped us to stand out, and people would ask us questions. And I'm going to tell you something. It would help us to get rid of some of the junk in our life, like vanity. And I thank God for that. And a lot of you don't hear that word anymore because we got a whole complete world full of that stuff. Everybody accepts vanity as the norm. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. It's right under the heading of idolatry. And I'm not going to start being a clothesline preacher. But I am going to tell you, praise God, you better listen to the Lord. He will lead you into a place of holiness where you will, have, you will find peace and you will find joy and you will find real self-worth. Praise God. That's what he will do. Now, that one was for free. I didn't even expect to say that. But the Bible says in verse, verse number 14, he just told him, go show yourselves to the priest. And here's another one of those deals. We didn't, what is, go show yourself to the priest? Well, they were the law of the land. They were the ones that could verify things. See, you had to have somebody that would give you a verification, especially if you were a leper. Because if you were going to get back into society, you must understand you look like a leper, even if you were cured. Because leprosy has a way of maiming people. And that's what people saw. But the scripture says upon that obedience, somebody say amen. amen. The scripture says they went and as they went. Look at this in verse 14. Come on, have you ever tried that? Just do it. Quit asking 300 questions and letting God send you some kind of a spiritual schematics. Come on, just do it. Praise God. And you'd be surprised what will happen. I've done it. I've come to church, man, feeling flat as a pancake, man. I mean, feeling like, man, I got nothing. I'm throwing the bucket down my well, and it's just clanking in the rocks. 
And all I'm doing is going in that prayer room going, God, you know, I just ain't getting it. And God said, just worship me. Just give me praise. Just begin to lift me up. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. I felt that well begin to to rise within me, praise God. Just do something. That's what the Pentecost is all about. Who is it? Wayne Huntley, I think, preached a long time ago. He said that, that Pentecost is not a spectator sport. It's a participant. You've got to get involved in it. And I know that's what, what, what messes some of us up because we don't feel like we have the personality to do it. And you, you, that's where you're dead wrong. There is, this is not a personality. It has to do with obedience. It has to do with faith that you've got to lift up God because you know He's great and He's been greatly to be praised. You do it whether you feel like it or not. Come on. Somebody here, you've got to get that in your thick crawl. I'm getting pretty rough on you on Sunday mornings now, aren't I? But I? And I make no apologies. I'm not trying to be cute here, folks. I'm really trying to wake some people up in the name of Jesus. One of the things that's happening in our world in an epidemic proportion is people are going to sleep. People are falling asleep. I'm not talking about what we do at night. I'm talking about to, the, you know, the, to what's going on around them. And God wants to wake us up. And so the Bible says that they were clean. And one of them, in verse number 15, the scripture says, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. Now you want to talk about thanksgiving? There it is. What is he going to bring to God? You know, it's like Naaman. You know, Naaman wanted to pay for what God did for him. And I mean, the prophet's going, you can't pay for this stuff. And you and I can't. But what we can do is give him glory. Give him praise. Lift him up in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody want to get off something? You can do that by praising God. You can literally make up your mind you're going to make this a whole lot more than you have. I'm telling you, it works. It works. Oh, ha, 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 ha. Oh, rabakaha. It works. Don't you tell me it don't. Oh, in the name of Jesus. I've been told, you're just an emotional junkie. You just get these people that you got to peel them off the ceiling. I mean to tell you, that's what you guys do. That's all you do. And you know something? They're right to a certain extent. Because there's got to be a doorway. And your emotions are a pretty good doorway. But you must understand, folks, and this is what I ask you to examine in your own life. After you're done with this, is there something that stays? Come on, I asked you that last night. Is there something that's lingering, praise God? Don't give me this hype because somebody else is loud and they can pray real loud and that type of thing. Listen, I'm not against that. Keep doing it. But I'm going to tell you something. What I look for is some results. Something that sticks, praise God. I'm going to tell you something. I've been to a whole lot of churches around Dubuque, Iowa, but when I came to a place called the Apostolic Church, that stuff began to stick in my life. I'm going to tell you something. It took a while, but on Tuesdays, on Wednesdays, on Thursdays, praise God, there was something working in me. And that's what happens, is you get this stuff down into your spirit and soul. Now, we've talked about this, you know, uh, quite a bit here lately, praise God. And I'm not here to to be against the body. I'm having some real body problems here in the last three months. 
stuff I've not had to deal with. Poor wife. No, I her, me. And because I was used to skating through life. Yeah, nothing too hard for old Carnahan, man. Just give me another job and another hat to wear. I'll just keep moving. Man, but all of a sudden here in the last year or so, it's starting to catch up with me. And I'm not trying to get you to feel sorry for me. I'm just trying to help you to understand that it hits everybody. Right, Tony? And so I'm not making excuses. I'm saying somewhere along the line, you've got to get your joy someplace else. If your body isn't doing good, I'm sorry for you, praise God. I really am, and we'll pray for you. But if that doesn't work, you still worship God. You still give Him the glory. You still keep coming to church. You keep reading your Bible. You keep doing the things that God wants you to do, praise God. That's what, that's what thankfulness is. It's thankfulness doesn't quit doing it just because something goes awry. And that's what I see. And don't misunderstand. I don't want to look at people because you get the wrong idea. But I'm, you know, I'm getting tired of these powders. Come on. Not here. Get over that. Come on. Rise up above that. I'm not saying you've got to have a permanent smile plastered on your face. But come on. You're in the house of God. You're in a place where things ought to work. It needs to work here. And so Jesus gave this guy an extra thing. The scripture says that when he came to Jesus, finally, he realized he was healed. And he came to Jesus with a loud voice. He wasn't just whispering this thing. He came to Jesus, and he said he began to give God glory. And here's the Samaritan again. These are the people that aren't supposed to be getting it. You know? But that's what you see. You see the people that we don't think should be getting it are the ones that are. And that's the way it's been just about everywhere I go. Praise God, praise God. The people that were, you know, you talk about having a bad deal. They, they must have invented it in their lives. But they were able to rise above that because God was able to help them in Jesus' name. And so Jesus was able to pronounce something on this guy. And he said, you know, he, first of all, he asked a question. He said, where's everybody else at? You know, and not that Jesus needs that to stroke his ego. But it comes down to the fact Aren't you thankful for what the Lord has done? Now check that out in your life. That's a big one. And so Jesus said, he says, um, Arise and go thy way. He said, Thy faith has made thee whole. I've heard this preached a, a you know, dozen different ways, and it's good either way you go. And I'm really not sure what happened. You know, I look at the word whole, that tells me that maybe some things were restored. I don't know. I don't have verse and chapter, chapter and verse for that. But all I know is that Jesus was able to do something extra for that person because he was able to come back and to give God the glory. Yeah. And so this is how it works. You know, another good example of this is found in the Gospel of John. Actually, you can find it in the 14th chapter of the book of Mark. Um, it's a good extended version there. Um, uh, uh, about when Jesus was ready to be offered as a sacrifice on the cross. It was tremendous. Uh, I I can't imagine the pressure that the man Christ Jesus was under. I can't. You know, sometimes when I'm praying and I feel that pressure, you know, I ask God, I said, man, I don't have near the pressure that you ever had. I mean, all of a sudden, stuff comes through his skin and he's bleeding all over the place and he's not cut. I mean, that's a lot of pressure, folks. That's why I'm telling you, if you're looking for a pressure, pain, and, and problem-free world, you've you're, you're, you got to wait. Yeah. 
because that's not going to be here. And listen, for you millennium bums, that ain't going to happen in the millennium either. There are going to be plenty of problems down there, down here on this earth during the millennium period too. Because there's going to be people born, there's going to be people that are going to have to see the witness of God during that time. And, and the church is going to be very well represented then. And so you must understand, you know, the, the, the earliest that I see a problem-free world is uh, right before the white throne judgment where everything is done away with. And then he starts all over. And he brings a new heaven, new earth, new Jerusalem, that type of thing. That's when I see it. And I'm not saying that there's going to be multitudes of problems down here during the millennium, but I'm saying there's going to be because human beings are here. And so the bottom line is we have to understand that. And so Jesus just got done opening the tomb for Lazarus. Just got done doing that. And people were struggling with that, you know. The, the couple, the Mary and Martha, they came to him, or I think, I'm not sure which one it was, came and said, oh, Jesus, if you'd have been here four days ago, man, you know, this guy wouldn't have had to die. Isn't that just like us? You know, how much more can you do, God? I mean, my goodness, you know, we want everything perfect in this life. Where did we get that? You want to know where we got it? You want to know? In this ridiculous world. Somebody started that rumor. And somebody, I don't know, you talk about people. I got some bridges down in Florida I'd like to sell people. I'm serious. If people are that gullible, my goodness. That street running right outside of my house, that's mine. I'll sell that to you. You get ten thousand grand, you ten thousand dollars, I'll sell you a street. <laughs> I'm just I'm telling you folks, that's the category that some people are in. And I'm not calling you stupid, although we've all done stupid stuff, right? I'm just telling you we gotta get rid of that. We got to place ourselves in the real world and realize that, man, this is where we're at right now. And so the Bible says, after, after Jesus did that, look at this in chapter 12 in uh, John, Gospel of John, verse 1. It says, Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, he's getting ready to be crucified, folks. It says, Came to Bethany where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. And the scripture says, there they made him a supper. And Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. So you get the scene here? They're getting supper. They're going to have something to eat. And the Bible says, then Mary. See, in the chapter 14 of the book of Matthew or Mark, it doesn't mention her name. But here it does. It says that Mary took a pound of ointment of spikenard. I don't know if you know what spikenard is. I don't either. All I know is that it took 500,000 nards, the spike of an East Indian plant, to make one pound. And it cost, that spikenard, that one pound, cost over a year's wages. That's what we're talking about. And yeah, we can rummage through these stories and it doesn't even, we don't have a clue. But we don't understand what it has cost people, praise God, to be thankful. And so the Bible says, here's Mary. Remember Mary? She's the one sitting at his feet. And she's getting everything that Jesus has got. And her sister's having a hard time because she ain't helping with the, with the dishes or, or the food. And the bottom line is here, she got a hold of something. And I believe one of the reasons she got a hold of something was because she realized how much God had done for her. And one of the things I'm going to pray for here in just a few, a few minutes here is I'm going to pray that your eyes will be open to that again. 
that, that maddedness that you have in your spirit right now that is not allowing you to see what God has done. And by the way, it's keeping you from allowing him to do more. That's exactly what's happening. Something is keeping you from allowing him to do more. And God wants to help you to get rid of that and to keep that away and keep that at bay. And I'm going to tell you, one of the ingredients that you can do is, is, is to insert thankfulness into your life. Don't have, don't have to have God, you know, I mean, I mean, just do it. And I've been trying to get into the habit of doing more of it. Walking around, thanking the Lord, giving Him praise for the things that He has done. And acknowledging that. Amen crummy little kitchen that her and I got now. I went through that the other day and I said, thank you God for this refrigerator. I meant it. I said, she'd like a nicer one, but I'm thanking you that this one works. You know, thank you for that little heater under where we do our puzzles because her little feet get cold, man, and I want her to be warm. I'm telling you, I tell God these things. Praise God. I thank you for a back little porch that only two people can stand in. Because if three people get out there, they're going to bump into each other. But I thank you for that, those two. I thank you for that. I thank you for a place I can sit out in, in, the, in the spring and I can feel the, uh, the, the sun and all of that business. I'm going to tell you something, folks. You can call me ridiculous if you want, but it's working. I'm telling you, thank God for these things. And I'm going to show you why here in just a second. But the Bible says, here she comes, and she begins to anoint the feet of Jesus with her hair. Listen, you ladies, I know that, that long hair is a big issue, and I'm not going to try to teach it here this morning. But I'm going to tell you something. It will matter. Your long hair will matter at the feet of Jesus. It will. And that's where sometimes you need to go with some of this stuff, is you need to go to Jesus. What do you think about it, God? What do you think about this? Is this okay? You know, and that type of thing. And you will get yourself an eternal answer. Now, I'm not going to use the adage, you better do it or else. I'm just saying you and all of us have privileges in life that we can rise the bar in our life. We can do things for the Lord out of graciousness. And I'm going to tell you something, that will open up some things in our life like nothing else. And so this is what she did. She took that year's wage box and broke it at the feet of Jesus and began to do something that the world would think is ridiculous. The world would think that she's nuts. And this is how it's always looked, folks. Yeah. It's always been that way. And I'm not saying that God is, is making us a spectacle to the world, although He is. He literally is. Because in the, sc the scope of eternity, folks, a lot of these things are going to really, really, really begin to matter. During the millennial period, the stuff that God has settled in your heart right here in this life are going to mean billions to you. I'm telling you, they, it's, you're not even going to be able to put a worth on what God allowed you. That's why when I read that scripture in Romans 8, it says that I don't reckon that the, the sufferings, the small sufferings of this time are even worth mentioning in the place where God's going to put me. And I'm telling you, folks, that's what we're going to be like. That God is going to glorify his church. He's going to put people. Not that we're going to be having a big attitude and think we're bigger than everybody else. But God is going to, going to show you, praise God, that it was worth everything that you did for him. Oh, I'm hoping that somebody will get their eyes open today in Jesus' name. You want to read a fuller rendition of this? I won't go there now. I don't have time. But the 14th chapter of the book of Mark, verses 1 through 9. It's a beautiful story. In fact, Jesus mentioned something there. He said, whatever this lady's doing, he said, that's going to be mentioned all over the world. 
He said, it's done as a memorial. And when you see memorial in the Bible, it says we need to remember that. Remember what she did. Remember how she did it. How she humbled herself at the, uh, in, in the eyes of the Lord in Jesus' name. And so this is where you and I are at, praise God. We're in a world, praise God, where God is going to put this on display in Jesus' name. Two more things I want to just bring to your attention here today, and then I'm going to quit in Jesus' name. What's that I hear? You were singing along. Ah, oh, I wish she'd come up here and help me sing. She's so much better at it than I am. But she will we'll keep trying. Jesus' name. But look at Ephesians chapter number 5. And let me leave you with this, this Thanksgiving week. You, you understand that Wednesday there will be no service here. We honor Thanksgiving Day with taking that day off and let you prepare for your family. It's a good day to get around relatives and, 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 and yeah. And so uh, we hope that you will, praise God, take the day off and, and be thankful to the Lord in Jesus' name. The Bible says, in verse number 17, it says, Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. That's good advice. It says in verse 18, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Somebody say amen. It says, Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. See, I didn't make that up. You can do that. The scripture says, Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. It works. It's therapeutic, folks. It really is. It says in verse 20, what it'll help us to do the most, in my opinion, is in verse 20, it says, giving thanks always for all things. That doesn't mean just when it's good. You think it's good. You've got to go back to that scripture in Romans that says we know that all things together. And so hopefully this Thanksgiving year, you will begin to recognize that in Jesus' name. Now, you've heard this before. I know most of you have. But the bottom line is we need to hear it again. The scripture says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18, it says, not for, but in everything give thanks. Why? 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 Well, let me give you the... Ren the because it's the will of God. When are you going to begin to settle some of that in your heart? That because it's what God likes, it's what he wants you to do. Is that too hard to understand? Come on, I understand you'll have to do it by faith. I understand you're not going to feel like it. But I'm going to tell you something, folks. It's his will. And it's not like we don't say ouch anymore. And it's not like we don't cry or we don't hurt of that type of thing. That's not what this takes, take, gets rid of. What it does is it guards us from getting to a place where we become unthankful. Because the scriptures that I gave to you are people who aren't going to make it in the rapture. And that's not me judging them. That's me reading the word. And so you and I must guard ourselves against that kind of thing. And God can help us to do that. In fact, he's in this place right here, right now to give you um, a, a special anointing for that to happen. Amen. Now, I don't know if you're ready for it. You know, you and I had that discussion yesterday that sometimes people aren't ready. And I, I, I know that. 
And I'm not here to shove it down your throat because you're just going to throw it right back up in my lap. But I am telling you, if you're ready for that kind of a commitment, on whatever level you are right now to extend that a little bit, I want you to stand. Come on, let's respond to God's word today. Let's not get all huffy and puffy and, and yelling and all that. And that's, we can do that if you want. But I'm just saying, folks, I want something to get into your spirit here today. Something that is from the ancient of days. Something that was in every dispensation. Something that everybody like us who had red blood flowing through their, their veins, they had, to, they had to deal with it. They wanted to live for God in Jesus' name. And so if you'll do that thing that we did last week, if you'll put your palms out, submit it to the Lord, praise God, and begin to call upon His name, right now I'm going to begin to pray for you in Jesus name father in the name of Jesus right now Lord God I believe that in this place you have set this up you have literally brought us to a time like this right now where everybody here can receive something from you that it doesn't have to be a hocus pocus you don't have to peel us off the ceiling all we have to do is just open up and let your word come in and minister in the name of Jesus father in the name of Jesus I, I believe that's going to happen right now in the name of Jesus. That's going to happen right now, Lord God. Let that happen all over this place. My prayer, my prayer with myself included, God, is that none of us will ever, ever, ever be the same again. That we cannot go from this place today and do things the same way. That something is going to shift in our life. Something is going to make a difference in our thinking. Something is going to do something for us this very day in the name of Jesus. And God, as always, I give you the praise. Mm. I give you the praise. And I